Creative Life. I'm Alicia Colon, a commercial photographer and stylist for creatives and designers. This is episode four, Sells is Not a Pitch. I'm really excited that for this episode, I have Will Strawn. He's the new sales business development guy over at Focus Lab, and I was able to steal him for however long this podcast is going to be. And... Um, we're going to talk about why sales is not a pitch. So before he was at Focus Lab, he's been with us for a year. Uh, before he was with us, he was going around nationwide peddling accordions and ukuleles uh, for the music industry. And so anyway, it's been a great year having him on board. We've learned a lot, and I'm really excited to hear what he has to share today. So without further ado, here is Will. Hello. Thanks for having me, Alicia. It's a pleasure, man. Yeah, I I like how you said I was peddling accordions and ukuleles. <laughs> that is always a peddling is such a fun word it is. and very old school. I feel like I should be like Oregon trailing across the country, <laughs> um, a horse, yeah. horse and <laughs> buggy with your uh, accordions and yes. ukuleles. So uh, I will. I guess first, so for me, yeah, I spent about the last 10 years in more of a traditional sales uh, background. Uh, I was, in my last career, I handled national sales for a musical instrument manufacturer, which yes, we did make accordions, which was really fun, but uh, it was also uh, very exhausting, traveling a lot. So uh, so yeah, that's a little bit about my past, my past uh, in sales. But like I said, I've been with Focus Lab for 12 months, or 13 months now, which is crazy. It feels like forever, but uh, thanks for having me, and I'm excited to kind of share some information and kind of my thoughts and views on sales because I think uh, it's definitely a misunderstood world, and it definitely has a lot of negative uh, viewpoints, and it's usually people, when they hear the word sales guy or saleswoman, they're just like, ugh. I don't want to talk to them. Um, but in the creative world, it's something you and every creative person is going to have to do at least once or a thousand times uh, if you're pursuing a freelance or agency style career. Um, so the first thing that I always like to think about when I'm approaching a sales conversation is it's not a pitch. Um, I'm not here to give you my million dollar pitch of why we're going to close the deal and improve your company. Uh, I approach sales in more of an authentic uh, perspective. So, you know, one really great uh, concept is the most valuable gift you will have to offer is yourself. Um, Ultimately, people are hiring you. They're not hiring a widget. Uh, So I think that's really good to keep in mind. Um, But I think some things I like to share, just maybe two really strong questions that I like to lead most of my sales conversations um, off with that are really great conversation starters. Um, And then also kind of my do not and avoid question, which I think a lot of people sometimes lead with. So I'm going to start with that maybe. Uh, So questions to avoid. Uh, Tell me what you're looking for. That is a very tough question to start with. because by asking that, you take yourself out of the driver's seat and you let your potential client tell you exactly what they're looking for. But when I look at sales, it's not their responsibility to tell you. It's your responsibility to ask them questions, to understand 
how you can help them out. And by asking them questions and learning, then you kind of would treat them as your best friend and then offer what you would suggest. Um, because for me, I don't think it's right to just sell someone something to sell it. For me, I really want to make sure this is really what they need um, because I never want anyone to waste their money or, or waste time. See, and that's like so crazy because that's to me it's so commonsensical to try to like start the conversation. That's definitely something that I know that they have an answer to because they came to me. And so it's just really crazy to hear you pretty much tell me to put that on, you know, on its head. Like I've been doing it wrong this whole time. So anyway, that that's just mind blowing. Well, I think it's, you know, if someone's coming to you, um, you know, you already have an idea of what they are looking for. So sometimes <laughs> that isn't true. even a question you really need to ask. Uh, so my first question that I really like asking is, uh, why are you reaching out to me specifically? Um, this is a really good question uh, just because it lets them know, you know, why, why did you pick me out of the thousand other people you could have reached out mm -hmm. to? Um, you know, I think it's a really good conversation starter. Maybe you learned that they were referred by a past client or maybe a, you know, a friend. Um, I think it's just really interesting just to know where your lead generation is coming from. Um, and it also lets them, lets you know what they know about you. Um, and allows you to kind of frame the rest of the conversation around uh, kind of what this question reveals. Um, then the second question that I really like asking is, uh, while searching for a partner, what are the deciding factors you're going to evaluate to ultimately help you select who you want to work with? Uh, this is a really good question that I like to ask um, because it will reveal a lot of things about what the future looks like with this potential client. Um, or is the most important thing to them going to be price? Um, is it f personal fit? Um, is it maybe they're judging you off past work? That's the most important thing. So they want to see, oh, I want to see that you've worked with really well-known clients. Um, maybe the most important thing to them is timeline. Maybe they have a really aggressive timeline and it's really important to know. Um, so those are all kind of things that I've heard when I've asked that question. Some of them are red flags. Some of them aren't. Um, ultimately, you know, I like it when people answer that question with, we want to make sure we're working with someone that's really going to uh, not leave any stone unturned and make sure they're actually creating what we really need. That is like the, oh my gosh, yes, I love you, let's hug and figure <laughs> out a way to make this work. Uh, red flag answers for me are, I'm looking for the cheapest price. Uh, I'm looking for somebody that can start yesterday and finish tomorrow. Um, do you really, typically... do you really have somebody who says like, I'm looking for the cheapest price? Uh, it, it's been heard. Uh, it has been heard before many times. Wow. Uh, and that is a red flag, which for some people that is an important factor in, uh, ultimately talking to creatives, be it photographers, designers, developers. Um, sometimes they're on a budget and mm. It is really unfortunate when price is the, the driver and the most important thing because I don't think that you can price shop uh, the services that you or any other creative offers because you're not a commodity. You're not like a gallon of milk. Yeah. Um, people are coming to you and other creatives for their expertise um, and what they have to offer. So 
that's always a really big red flag when someone says they're looking for the cheapest price um, because I, I don't think it's a good way to judge kind of the value that creative people bring to uh, their clients. So those are kind of my two questions. Uh, obviously, I ask a lot of questions um, to help me understand uh, what the client is looking for. But those are two that are really kind of uh, set me up on to start understanding the value, what's important to them, and it really helps me frame the rest of the sales conversation. Um, so from there, something that I think is pretty common, now this is near the end of sales conversations, is price negotiation. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a reality. A lot of people uh, like to haggle. Uh, I think that's just part of American uh, sales, unfortunately. <laughs> but one thing that I've really started to do, um, say you price uh, a project down and you say the cost is going to be $100. Mm -hmm. um, and the person comes to you and you say, and they're like, that's a great price. I agree with it, but I can only afford $90. Um to some people, they might go, okay, it's a $10 discount, no big deal, let's do it. Um, but I think next time, instead of taking that small discount and just proceeding with the project, stopping and asking for some sort of value swap. Um, so the way that could work is, you know, I appreciate that. I totally understand budgets. That is extremely important. Um, I'm more than happy to discount the price by $10, but... Um, is there anything that we could trade that's not necessarily monetary um, that would be of value to me? And I think that's a really good question to ask them. And they're going to be the experts of knowing what is that value transfer they can give you. Maybe they're uh, marketing experts and they can give you a one-on-one -on -one training on how to implement Facebook marketing. Or maybe they're really great brand strategists and they can kind of give you a private brand strategy lesson or yeah. their marketing. So uh, I think instead of just agreeing to discounting your prices, first kind of stop and say, you know, I, I can definitely make it work, but I'd really love to have some sort of value trade that's not necessarily cash. So I'm going to discount it $10. Um, you being the expert in your field, what do you think you could offer me that would help replace that $10 that I'm going to be losing? Um, so think about that next time someone asks for a discount. It's, it's always really interesting when I kind of turn that around on potential clients because I don't think that's something they get very often. But I do think um, after you've priced, it's fair to get the full value that you've priced your projects at. And if they can't afford the full price and you do give them a discount, allow them the opportunity to bring more value that's maybe not cash. So yeah. That's really neat. I don't think I, yeah, again, something I've never thought about. Um, do you have a story of something like that with Focus Lab? That like um, you had to turn around and. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, budgets are always a big part of every project and uh, pricing is always the final part to get projects into production. Uh, you know, a really common one is, uh, you know, noise making, social media, mm -hmm. you know, if we need to discount this, what are some other things that you can trade in value? Maybe we're talking really great, you know, after project testimonials, uh, guest blog posts, maybe allowing us to come and write a blog post on your site. Um, 
you know, there's a bunch of different things. And then also trading expertise. Maybe you're an expert in SEO uh, optimization or marketing on Facebook. Uh, you know, that might not be our expertise. So why don't we trade, um, you know, that discount for your expertise and you train us on it. And uh, we've learned something new. And then that's something we can take and uh, run with it. We really need somebody to like trade pizza or something. That would be <laughs> amazing. I would. I think that is an excellent idea. One time, <laughs> that that reminds me of a story. One time, I was talking to a bakery, <laughs> and uh, they did offer payment in the form of bread. And I said that was an excellent idea, um, but I already eat far too many carbs, so I think we need to explore <laughs> some other options. It's <laughs> awesome. Um, so if anyone wants to learn more or follow your shenanigans, where should they go? Yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter or Instagram. Unfortunately, I have two different handle names. You can follow me at Twitter at, uh, at Will Strong. It's W-I-L-L-S-T-R-A-U-G-H-N. And then on Instagram, I am at Get Ill Will. Kind of like the BC Boy song. Well, thanks for tuning in. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Dribble as Alicia Cologne. For show notes, go to aliciacologne.com slash manualfocus. See you next episode.